0: This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails.
1: What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired.
0: I will eat chalupas
1: all day long. Come on, man.
0: The Guy
2: Benson Show.
0: Home stretch here on The Guy Benson Show. Thank you for listening. GuyBensonShow.com podcast, free, every day, on demand. Heading to the airport shortly, flying out to the West Coast and Los Angeles. We'll be doing the show from there. the next couple of days a lot of travel here between now and the election meantime i saw this story about queen elizabeth ii and i had heard about this before i'd forgotten about it because on was it friday it might have been thursday the days are sort of blurring together here but we decided to craft some cocktails in honor of her majesty after she had died I guess her favorite cocktail was a gin and Dubonnet, if I'm saying that correctly. And so we prepared that at the house for some of our guests. I mentioned that last week. And we raised a glass to her. And in the process of doing that research to find the ingredients and how the cocktail is made and all of that, I ran across the story about how the queen famously drank quite a lot. She would drink four to five servings of alcohol four to five drinks a day including cocktails and champagne and the first cocktail would start before lunch i mean that is quite a clip i have to say but can you really argue with it you know she's got that whole family and all that drama to deal with so she's like all right let's uh let's get this cocktail rolling here please just like I can imagine, just ringing a little bell, and in comes the cocktail. It's been prepared already, right on cue. And she lived to 96. So I'm not saying that there's a direct causal relationship here, but I think some people might see it that way. Right? Many people are saying just uh, five cocktails a day keeps the doctor away. <laughs> I'm not necessarily endorsing that, but I think someone whose ears. Have perked up a little bit is producer Christine, because as we know, producer Christine enjoys her uh, her booze. She sometimes charmingly refers to it as the hooch. We sometimes call it mama's juice, although that's usually on the wine side of things. Christine, number one, are you inspired by this aspect of the Queen's legacy? And number two, how is your sober September going?
3: I'll start with number one. Uh, of course, I'm inspired by this. I'm I'm really with like a bell of my own. And every time I hit ding, I get a Cosmo. That sounds nice.
0: Who would come running with that? Dan?
3: Well, if, if I'm here, yes, Dan. Or if I'm home, obviously, Bobby. I mean, Megan, she's old enough, right?
0: I can imagine. Well, she's been serving you alcohol, your young daughter, for years, right? You trained her. It's like one of the first things. She was probably still in diapers when she realized, you know, it's like, oh, I got to bring this pink drink to mama i can imagine dan being in like the edit bay doing actual work for the show and there goes the bell again he just sighs and rolls his eyes like all right i'll be right back um okay so you're you're loving this detail of the queen's life and then please do answer part two of the question which is you were getting pretty proud of yourself you you do this you get up on this high horse about your uh your periods of abstinence from drinking and it was after labor day weekend and you announced to the audience and to us that you were going to do sober september and is that still underway
3: i i have to say i'm pretty proud of myself for september um it's been modified the program (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's been modified a little bit it's not total sober september Bobby and I have changed it to um, let's not have a bender in September, and we no, are
0: no bender September.
3: We're nailing it. We really okay, are. So,
0: so, how many drinks are you allowed to have per day under this rule? What counts as a bender? So, would, so four to five drinks a day, like the <laughs> Queen, would that qualify?
3: No. So, I mean, the rules can change. You know how no, it goes. Of course. But for right now. Um, there's no alcohol during the week. And, you know, if we have a drink, uh, oh, you know what? We actually broke that. We had said Saturday, like, we just won't have alcohol in the house. So if like we go out to, like, a nice dinner, you know, we went to a steak dinner on Saturday. How was I not going to have a cocktail? And then how was I not going to have a glass of red wine or two with dinner? And how is I not going to have an espresso martini with my creme brulee? You understand my issue here, right?
0: Well, I mean, I understand the points you're making. It's just completely divorced from the goal which was sober September you just described four drinks at one meal right there
3: I know but the thing is after that when we went home I did not have any mama's juice which is
0: oh well that's you know so impressive so how long did this last when did you start drinking again
3: Saturday night, when Bobby and I sat down, we, Megan was at a sleepover. And so Bobby and I went to like a nice dinner and we sat down and we looked at each other. I'm like, what are we doing? He's like, okay, I don't
0: so, know. so hang on. So if I'm recalling correctly, you made this announcement to us on Tuesday, the 6th of September. We all came back from Labor Day. You said that the first five days of September didn't count because it was the long weekend through Labor Day. So then you announced sober September on the 6th. And by the 10th, you were drinking again
3: the imp- correct pretty, timeline pretty impressive don't you think
0: no that is that is one two three you made it four days <laughs> a lot you, you made it four days that's better than your last failure which was dry January of last year where you made it what ten days
3: I think 11
0: 11 days so I should say it's not impressive you're going backwards like last year if I remember correctly you did dry January and made it 10 or 11 days which was even worse than my own expectation in the office pool you underperformed and then this is four days you are backsliding Christine. No,
3: no because it was modified don't didn't you hear me in the beginning it's it wasn't called we changed the wording it wasn't called sober september
0: yeah but you changed it after the fact like that's not impressive right if you're going to commit to doing something and then say, well, actually, I'm going to do the thing that we weren't going to do at all, just not as much, you don't get credit for that. A modification is not like a, oh, wow, look, good for her. Look at what they've done here.
3: But you're wrong. I did not change it. I changed it while the man, the waiter was making the cocktail. So I didn't have my first sip and then change it.
1: You
0: You, get yeah I, I see what you're saying that you changed the made up rules just before you started breaking the previous rules. yeah, yeah, so oh that no, no, is... there was
3: okay. Uh, we can go back and forth on wording here, but yeah we're, it not, was... we're
0: not really splitting hairs though. I think <laughs> I think we know what happened here, and I think the audience can judge whether or not you are upholding any standard whatsoever on this. I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying you should maybe not get over your skis so frequently. I feel like you you know, you come all excited, guns blazing out of the gate with some big thing that you're committing to, and then it's just gone. It's, it's like you're that kid in middle school who goes through every fad and then loses interest, and then all of a sudden they're super into something else. You're like, oh, let's see how long this one will go. And sort of a diminishing returns effect tends to come into play. And that's kind of what's happening here. But in this case, it's the same sort of obsession and then falling short repeatedly. See what I'm saying?
3: Yeah, but I think people can relate to me. It's it's a hard thing to do. And I'm proud of myself. And Mm -hmm. I'll continue to do good work. And with that being said, I do have a new obsession, Guy. Yes. Besides
0: it's Mama's NFL juice. football? hmm Yeah, we talked about this on Friday. Did it stick through the weekend? Did you watch NFL football on Sunday? Are you still, I guess, gaining interest in the sport? Is this building, or are you on the sort of backside of this fad yet?
3: Oh, it's a building. It's a building. I watched three full games yesterday. I watched wow. the Lions um, and I said Phillies, but apparently you can't say that. So the Lions versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles, yep. And I think that I really wanted to watch that game because I had binged uh, Hard Knocks on Saturday, so I was all in on the Lions. <laughs>
0: yes, that's because you're still trying to pick your team. May I advise against the Detroit Lions? Just I have a I have a feeling about that.
3: Yeah, everybody here is saying that, but you know what? It's sometimes not about what you do on the field. It's also how you act off the field. And Coach Campbell, you know, he gives it his all and he has you know, that's, heart. That's
0: spoken. That's spoken just like a woman who did Sober September and made it four days, right? Sort of like it's not really about the outcomes so much.
2: Guy, I could also confirm she came in just really fired up this morning. Hey, do you want to talk about this with the football on Sunday? Did, I, so, did you see this thing? Did you see that? And she's just all over the place and just absolutely amped up for NFL. I'm
0: Honestly, the fact that you watched three entire football games, that's more than you've watched in your whole life combined, I feel like.
3: Yep. This past week, the past four days, I had watched more football than I ever watched in my entire life. You
0: watched the opening game on Thursday. Then you binged hard knocks in preparation for Sunday. This is just like, who is this? So you watched the Detroit-Philadelphia game. Then you watched Giants-Titans, which was a very exciting finish. Yep. And a win for my Giants on the road, ballsy two-point conversion at the end, missed field goal by Tennessee.
3: Which I felt so bad for that guy who who missed it. Like, I, his whole job was that, and he didn't <laughs> yes, meet up huh? to the moment.
0: You should call in. Cookie should call into, like, sports talk shows around the country. Like, call up some Nashville station. It's Cookie. It's Cookie in Jersey. Uh, Short-time listener. First-time listener, first-time caller. That'd be Christine. But your analysis is correct. I'm sure that was a very painful thing for the Titans fans. As a Giants fan, I was happy with the outcome. And then did you end up watching Brady and Sunday Night Football after all?
3: Of course I did. And boy, what happened to the Cowboys out there?
0: It was a boring game, honestly. And now I guess Dak is injured, so I think the Cowboys are in some trouble here. But it wasn't a thing of beauty but they got it done the Buccaneers did on the road in Texas so I'm surprised that you're not just going in for the Bucks and Brady as your team
3: you know what I, I I listen it's still on the table I I don't know but I just I didn't I was telling yeah I don't I didn't feel connected yet mm-hmm. so let's and also see. he's
0: not going to be there forever right? he was supposed to be retired already so you don't want to necessarily pick a franchise based on one guy. So I think that you're being judicious. You're, you're waiting. I think that that's wise. Maybe less wise is something that I just found out about. You are betting on these games? You're gambling already, Christine?
3: Yeah, I put 20 on the Lions to win. Okay,
0: well, I mean, phew, there's your I mean, rookie mistake right there. You know, let's perhaps come back. We've talked about your drinking problem. We'll get to your gambling problem in a future home stretch because we're out of time. But I, this is inauspicious. This is my most concerned thing about your newfound fandom. We'll get to it later in the week with Christine here on the Home Stretch. In the meantime, I'm off to LA doing the show from there the next couple of days. We will talk to you then, same time, same place, Guy Benson show. Home Stretch from LA on the Guy Benson Show. Thank you for listening. GuyBensonShow.com podcast. Free every day, on demand as always. Well, it's a very momentous day, actually, here at the show. Even though Quiet Wyatt is off and I'm on the West Coast, we have to acknowledge that today marks one year since Dan joined our team. And I cannot believe that it's been a year already. Like in my mind, it's been maybe six months. But it's been double that, not because anything has been amiss. I just feel like time flies when you're having fun, when you're working hard. And, Dan, I have to ask you, on balance, how's the first year felt?
2: It's been amazing. Um, I I can't believe it's been a year either. It feels like a month ago I just started. But it's been great. I've learned a lot with you guys. I love working with all of you. Um, Cookie Christine – in studio is a lot of fun learned a lot from everybody and uh yeah it's been wonderful and uh thank you guys for having me
0: you spent a lot of your career in sports and sports radio dan patrick we talked about that two a day is your nickname over there <laughs> you joined here not as necessarily like a big political person do you feel like you have maybe gleaned some insights into politics and interest into politics that wasn't there before
2: no, I absolutely have. Um, I've learned a lot from you, um, you know, just monologues and interviewing, um, learning a lot who people are in politics and in news and in different news outlets and who who everyone is, like the who's who of the news of the world and the politics of the world. I've definitely learned a lot. It's, it's a lot like sports. You know, there's different characters within the within the genre. And then you mm-hmm. learn who's who and what topics are what.
0: Part of your, shall we say, educational experience has been trying to catch up on a long series of inside jokes and ridiculous references (laughs) that we make here. And I know we gave you a quiz on some of them a couple of months back. Do you feel like you finally have a handle on that? And do you think you'll ever fully understand the riddle that is producer Christine?
2: Um, Yeah, I feel like I feel like I've learned a lot of the inside jokes which is good you know now one of my favorites why why the clown which is fantastic and just <laughs> great knowledge mm-hmm. um and yeah I, I don't think christine will ever be solved let's say um so but i have learned a lot from her and and her expertise and you know some get rich quick schemes maybe <laughs> in my no, future. I, would, I
0: would stay away from all of those and, uh and, and based on her outcomes
2: yep and uh I learned the main thing is that I don't need more than one vacuum is really the the, the top
0: the top yeah. one. Until you do, because you've thrown out all of your previous ones for the new one, then that one breaks. <laughs> so I feel like, yes, she she's always teaching in her own special way. And Christine, do you have any message for Dan here one year in?
3: Well I'm gonna relate this to sports, Dan. Um <laughs> as producing as producing goes, would you look at me as more of a Tom Brady or a Derek Jeter Ooh, that's, in the world of producers?
2: That that's really tough for me because I'm a Yankee fan. Um, you know, longevity. I'll go with longevity with uh with Brady. <laughs> um that is no reference to anyone's age or anything of the sort. Oh, no, it could be. <laughs> it could be. Um but yeah, let, let's go with Brady, Tommy.
3: All right. I, I like it. I like it because the goat. Yeah, he just true. called I'm you the so- goat. I like it. I'm still here. It's been, I've been at Fox almost 18 years. It's impressive. But I have to say working with Dan has just been truly amazing. I've, I've learned a lot from Dan and I've definitely, you know, my interest has certainly peaked on sports and, you know, I'm just like peppering him with questions uh, on football now. And he has every answer that I need. So yeah. So you've
0: got like Bobby at home. Then you get into the workplace Mm -hmm. and you can continue your process of gleaning information about sports from Dan, who's certainly an expert. And did you watch Monday Night Football?
3: I sure did. I sure did. The Broncos and the Seahawks. I have to say, still on my search for a team, it definitely is not going to be the Seahawks because those costumes that they wear are obnoxious, (laughs) that color. Like, they should probably have somebody uniforms whatever they they should probably make something else because that is not a look so that is not something that i will be wearing so the search is still on i i'm about to like put a twitter poll out there like i don't know what to do i think i've seen them all now and i still don't feel you know
0: do the colors matter like do you Mm -hmm. want to make sure that if you're going to be buying gear you like the look is that part of your calculus
3: a oh, 1,000%. It has to be, you know. That's why I'm okay with the Giants colors. Yeah, I think red, white, and nice, blue. But I just don't have that connection with the Giants just yet. It's definitely not going to be the Jets. I don't like the color. I do like a green, but I don't like that green. And just, I just save hurt.
0: yourself the heartache and don't become a <laughs> Jets fan. The, the Giants at least do things occasionally, even though it's been rough for a while. I'm not going to pressure you to be a Giants fan, even though I am – basically a Giants fan. I don't follow them that closely. Uh, But I think what you should do is watch maybe a few more weeks worth of games, take some more stock of what you're seeing, maybe narrow it down to four teams and then put out a Twitter poll and people can vote and fan bases can try to win your fandom or maybe strategically not, right? They'll be like, vote for someone else. We don't need her on the bandwagon. But I think that's something we should do maybe like three, four weeks from now. Put that in your notes, or maybe quiet why it's off today, but he keeps binders and records on everything. So let's revisit that in a few weeks where Christine can maybe narrow down her choices.
3: Well, what if I, like, book a quarterback a week? Like, would they come on the show?
0: You know, I, I think that might be difficult. I think that might be tricky. I'm sure I could come up with some questions to ask them. I'm not a huge NFL guy. I know Dan could probably help with that. Look, how about this? If you want to pursue that, let me know. And if you get, you know, Tom Brady, for example, we'll put him on. We'd put him on the air. i consider it at least. (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, you are celebrating a non-sports-related victory today, Christine. And it's not just that you haven't chased Dan away for an entire year yet. uh, But this has something to do with a new term entered into the dictionary. And I guess you kind of want to take credit or spike the football, so to speak, here.
3: That is true. Um, Miriam Webster has officially put the word pumpkin spice in the dictionary. And I have to say, I'm actually surprised it hasn't already been in there. But look, guy, it's just a win for me here. I, I've been telling you for years how much people love pumpkin spice, myself included, and that you're missing out. And the people, I mean, Miriam spoke. Is that, is it? Yeah, Miriam spoke.
0: Miriam Webster Uh, The thing is, I think that you're misunderstanding my point on pumpkin spice stuff. I'm not against it. I'm not someone who's saying it's disgusting and no one should try it, or even that I don't personally like it. My objection has been it starts too soon. My objection is pumpkin spice autumnal stuff in July and August. Once you're into the fall... Go for it, and I have no problem with pumpkin spice being in people's coffee cups or in their dictionary. I'm fine with that. It's the premature arrival that bothers me. I feel like you've conflated the issue here.
3: Probably. I mean, it's what I yeah. do. What do you feel yeah. about the word? What do you feel about the word janky?
0: Oh, janky, like uh, sort of shoddy, not good. Yeah, like poor yeah. quality. Is that one of the other words that they've added?
3: Yes. Yes.
0: Oh, okay. So they they expand the dictionary. Janky is a new one. Pumpkin spice, I guess, is a new one. Uh, What else do they have here, Christine?
3: Uh, Yeet, Y-E-E-T. It's a verb to throw something with force. Yeah, toss,
0: yeah, to like to hurl something kind of, yeet.
3: Yeah, I've never heard that before, but I just want everybody out there to know our show, the Guy Benson show, ain't janky.
0: No, we pwn. That's another one. Now I'm looking these up. PWN a verb to dominate and defeat. We pwn. The only thing is that, that seems a little out of date. Like pwn was a thing a while back and they're kind of maybe playing some catch up. Is Luke did they add Luke L E W K? Oh Yes. That should not have been added. That's not a thing.
3: Oh, so I do you not. You're on Instagram. That's always a thing. Like when yeah, Instagram I know, but it's not, it's not a
0: real word. It's it's stupid slang. That's just a different spelling of look. e w I'm, I'm opposed to that one. I should. Someone should give me some veto power on some of this stuff. Work on that, Christine, as well, please. While you're booking NFL quarterbacks, maybe get uh, I don't know the president and CEO of Merriam-Webster Dictionary. I actually have some political issues to take up with him or her, if you're able to book that guest, because they seem to change certain definitions of words based on the political zeitgeist, which I think is super creepy and Orwellian. And on that note, we do have to go. Done from L.A. today. I'm still here for a couple more days on The Guy Benson Show. Thank you very much for listening. Back here tomorrow, same time, same place. Have a great evening. Stretch on the Guy Benson Show, Wednesday edition from sunny Southern California. Thank you for listening. GuyBensonShow.com, our website, podcast free when the show is over. That's on demand every day. GuyBensonShow.com, FoxNewsPodcast.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'll be on Fox News at night this evening in the midnight hour Eastern time on Fox News Channel. So hope to see you there. Or if it's a little late, you can always set your DVR for that. Well, as I've said now a lot today and yesterday and again tomorrow, I'm in Los Angeles. I have an event today, a speech. So last night I had to prepare for it. I had a lot of stuff that I needed to do, but I was famished. I had done the show. West Coast time just throws me off. Everything's just too early. It doesn't all make sense to me. So I hadn't eaten, and I knew that I wouldn't be able to focus unless I had really, you know, fed myself. And it was still quite early. It was like 4.30 I said, do I go to dinner like a senior citizen, early bird special here, and go by myself to dinner in the middle of the afternoon, basically? And the answer was yes. I went to an Italian restaurant. I will say, I mean, inflation is crazy. What I paid for this meal just for me is just wild. But I sat there by myself. I chatted with the waitress, who was very nice from the Midwest, and Other than that, I was on my phone a little bit. I was taking a few photographs, but I was just taking in the scenery. I was sitting outside, had two glasses of wine over the course of the meal, and it was just very peaceful. I know some people hate the idea of eating by themselves, especially in public. I think if I had to do that all the time, I wouldn't love it because I'm a social person. But from time to time, there's almost nothing better than treating yourself to a meal out, just you. And I feel the same way about going to the movies. I love going to a movie alone. I get my Coke Zero. I get my peanut M&Ms. I settle in, and it's just me. It's just like a little time out from life in the theater. And sometimes I feel the same way about eating alone, and it was great. And I had a little espresso at the end of the meal, came back, did all my work, got ready for the presentation, and away we go. And Christine, I feel like you are not someone who would thrive eating by yourself. I feel like – or you would need to make a new friend and basically chat with them the whole time. I feel like it's hard to picture you quietly sitting at a corner table eating and just enveloped in your own thoughts. Am I wrong about that?
3: You're not wrong because as you were speaking about this, I thought, oh, I could definitely do this because I'll just make friends. But I guess that's not the point. That is not the point. Dining out alone. So, no, I wouldn't. I've never actually never been to a movie alone.
0: Oh, it's so good.
3: Hmm. I think I'd be a little nervous. I don't know why. Movie theaters scare me. Nervous? Yeah. I, I don't really like movie theaters that much. I think we've had this conversation before. They I don't, make me I don't nervous. Really,
0: I don't really remember that, but it's also hard to keep track of all of your neuroses, so it's entirely possible that we have. But But what about dining alone? Could you... Get on board with that or would you be uh, scared?
3: No, I would not be scared. I'm actually, um, I, I I, don't do it often, but I look forward to the next time because I just know I'd make a new friend. So if, for me, it would still be like a social evening out, I, whether I'm friends with the bartender, the waitress, yeah. or whoever's sitting next to me on oh, business. Oh, I bet you'd,
0: you'd be friends with the bartender. I guarantee you that.
3: <laughs> so I, I wouldn't look at it as really dining alone. I don't think especially if I didn't have my phone or something, I don't think I could just sit at a table at a restaurant eating by myself. And I don't know. No, you're right. Mm-hmm. Not my cup of tea.
0: Although it's you've now changed your position on this since the morning meeting because you and I are actually coming back out here to California in a couple of weeks and we'll be telling people all about why and when and all of that coming up soon. But you're going to be accompanying me, <laughs> Gulp, on that trip and – you said, oh yeah, if you're, if you're busy, I really I'll definitely do that. I'll be eating by myself. I'm looking forward to eating by myself. And I said, I am also looking forward to you eating by yourself out in California. Got a big laugh from Quiet Wyatt, and then you immediately realized that I was poking fun at you, and you said, no, 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 you're eating with me. And I think that's probably what I'll end up getting roped into, right?
3: Oh, of course. I'm already looking up restaurants for us and trying to figure out if I need to make reservations or not. But yeah, obviously, unless you have plans with other people, um, you and I are going to be dining together. And I stand by, I said I was looking forward to eating alone, but I didn't understand what you meant. I meant I'm looking forward to meeting new people when I go out to dinner by myself.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a different approach.
3: And I'll, look, I
0: chatted up the waitress for a while, probably like a total of 10 or 15 minutes. She was Very nice, sort of had worked at some very cool places, but much of the meal was just me sitting, enjoying, thinking about the food, eating it, enjoying the temperature. Because here's the thing, California has a lot of flaws, and I would not want to live out here for many reasons. In Southern California, the weather, it it makes sense why people sometimes stay, even if they hate so many other things here. The weather is pretty spectacular. Yesterday was no exception Again, today, there's a lot of consistency there. But then you're sort of like, can I keep the lights on? Will the government come after me? Uh, Are the taxes going to go up yet again? There's all those other concerns that would make this to me inhospitable. It's a place to live. But I'll give them the weather. I will absolutely give them that. Meanwhile, Christine, very quickly, we talked about this earlier in the week, your newfound love for NFL football. And it has come to my attention, you've mentioned it now a few times, you are betting on multiple games. So you're already gambling on a sport that you don't really understand. You're calling uniforms costumes on the air, for example. Do you think, and again, this is just some unsolicited life advice, do you think that you might want to at least become like a well-versed fan of the sport who understands the landscape before you start losing money? betting on the games
3: um actually i feel like i'm pretty well versed on the game i don't know if you know this about me but i'm pretty smart and i'm pretty quick and i honestly probably could answer so many questions you, if you're you... a
0: very stable genius is what i'm hearing here very yeah. very
3: even keeled stable smart quick girl that's who i am mm-hmm. and uh yeah so the problem is yes okay the betting the problem how is... many
0: how many points does a team get on a safety to. Don't ask Dan. Oh, you just asked. <laughs> I, Dan.
2: Sorry, sorry, that's sorry. I one, gave
3: it to you. Okay, you asked me the one thing I don't know.
0: No, I I didn't. I picked one thing at random, and you you cheated, and then you tried to deny it. So again, that's just like a case in point here. I think that maybe the gambling. I don't gamble on sports. Period. As a lifelong sports fan, but if if that's going to be one of your vices, I just think maybe wait till you know some things.
3: Well, I guess so. But I'm, I just want to point out, I, that is like the one thing I really didn't know. I really How didn't... many games?
0: All right, how about this? How many games have you? Well, how about this? How many games are in the regular season for an NFL team?
3: So it goes from like the end of August until Super Bowl. So I don't know, one game a week? So 8, 12, 16? I mean, okay.
0: The, you know, good math. Um, is that, how was that games, right? How many games? Have, yeah. How many games have you bet on so far? Uh, two. Are you in the red or in the black?
3: Black is good. Red is bad, right? That's right. Yeah, I'm in the red.
0: hmm mm-hmm. Are you 0 for 2, actually, on those games?
3: Yes. I bet that the... You bet on the
0: Lions, didn't you?
3: Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. See, I mean, that, like, already, red flag. Big red flag. You're, you're like, opening your NFL fandom. You're like, you know what? I love football now. Let me go out and place a bet on Detroit. It's just... It's a warning sign.
3: But did you not watch Hard Knocks? I mean, this team was ready. They had it all. But the thing that they got me with was the heart of the team and the coach. Mm -hmm. I I know know you've
0: you've mentioned this, but that doesn't really matter in wins and losses. And then, as they do, they lost. And you lost your money. I just feel like you need to save that money for another vacuum cleaner, Christine.
3: Very, very funny. I didn't I didn't decide yet if I'm going to bet on tomorrow. It's the Chiefs and the who? The Chiefs and the Raiders, right? No? Chargers. 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 Who are the Raiders?
0: Okay. That's oh. uh, formerly Oakland, now Las Vegas.
3: So L.A. gets two teams?
0: That's right, after having none for a very long time.
3: Well, how do you decide? Like, how does each – does, like, the state say we want this amount of teams, or how does that work?
0: No, it's, it's not a state thing. Well, I mean, think about the Yankees and the Mets, right? The Giants and the Jets. L.A.'s a huge market. I don't know if they really have the market to sustain both of these teams based on fan base and attendance and all of that, but they're going for it. Um, see, now we're off on a tangent. You're asking good, interesting questions, Christine. I just feel like these are questions that you should, over the course of years, learn the answers to. I want to and know everything then, now. Yeah, but this just it's like, I want it now, Veruca Salt, but we have to, like, it's a process here. And then maybe one day you can get your golden ticket. I'm really reaching here so, for the uh, chocolate factory references. So are
3: you saying I should stick to betting on the ponies and don't oh. move over to football just yet?
0: I mean, I'd prefer you bet on ponies than, you know, execute them, which is part of what you do, right? Part of your rap sheet. So, I'll leave it at that. I'm just I'm just not a better in general. I think gambling, you got to pick your vices and I don't know if you need another vice, sports gambling. Uh, Just friendly advice here from the other coast. We will do one more show here from L.A. tomorrow. Looking forward to that same time as always right here. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful evening. It's The Guy Benson Show.
3: Hut hot, whatever.
0: Home stretch Guy Benson show Thursday edition from LA. Thank you very much for being here with us. Guybensonshow.com, that's our website. Podcast is always free. Well, we of course covered last week Thursday and Friday heavily the death of Queen Elizabeth II. And her funeral is coming up on Monday. The UK has been in mourning. Lots of events all around the country in her honor. And it's been interesting to watch from afar. Americans, many of us, very interested in the story. I have not been following it as closely as I did last week. I'll probably pay some attention to the funeral on Monday. But one of the sources of controversy and topics of discussion is the royal family now that she's gone. I mean, unsurprisingly, this is something I think we all could have expected these conversations to start. The new king, King Charles III, he's getting some bad press about, I guess, demands that he makes of his aides and his staff and a couple little hot mic moments from him. And it's unclear how out of context or out of character some of this stuff is. I know he's getting positive reviews in other respects. I'm not here to render some sort of judgment on the early days of his reign, Uh, but I have seen some of those headlines and some of those clips. And then you go down a generation to William and Kate, and then Harry and Meghan, and obviously a lot of attention is being paid to them. That dynamic, that relationship had already had a lot of eyeballs on it for all sorts of reasons through the years. And once again, Meghan Markle, Harry's wife, an American, is getting a lot of attention on social media, uh, sort of gossip columns. She's back in the mix after what a lot of Britons think was sort of like tearing Harry away from the family. Some Americans are on her side. It seems like she's gotten, for the most part, a chilly reception over there, but not entirely. And that's sort of my lay of the land from a very far distance. I have not been following the ins and outs of this. But producer Christine apparently has, and she has a, you might want to call it a hot take. She is a big cheerleader, Pom pom waving fan of Meghan Markle. I'm just trying to figure out, Christine, why?
3: I think she's getting a bad rep around here. I think that she loves Prince Harry. She was treated completely unfairly by the quote unquote firm, as she said to Oprah. And I think that look at her now. She came back to support him, she's out there talking to the people, giving them hugs you know walking with William and Kate and let's be honest they weren't very nice to her so I think that she's exactly what you would want in a princess and I think people are really really just crushing her and Harry for for no reason and apparently I was telling Wyatt all this and he seemed to think quite the opposite
0: yeah, I'm I'm finding myself not fully agreeing with what you're saying here, and I have to stipulate that as a Northwestern alumnus, Meghan Markle's also a Northwestern alum, and mm-hmm. so I've called on her to be the lifelong homecoming duchess for as long as she wants, uh, but it also does kind of seem like her presence in that family hasn't been great, it seems like a little toxic at times, she's been perhaps a bit self-involved and annoying, through certain trials and tribulations. I'm not saying there aren't two sides of the story. I guess I'm just not terribly inclined to be overly sympathetic to her and her role in all of this. And it sounds like Wyatt might agree with me. Wyatt, what was the basis of this conversation you had with Cookie? And how did you push back?
1: Well, guy, it, it was also mainly more about Princess Diana and how she was treated, because I think she was treated far worse by... The press and by the family and by and now by by now King, Your Majesty, the King Charles, then then anything Meghan has, has suffered. I think I, I watched a documentary the other day about Princess Diana and how she was treated, and I just think that she was a real victim. I don't think that Megan is necessarily a victim. I think she makes everything about herself. Yeah, like this is the Queen's funeral. I mean, it somehow you know she likes to make everything about herself. I think it's very nice. That Harry and Meghan have went over and have you know put their differences aside with with uh, william and and, uh, and Kate, but I think that she just some, somehow has a way to always make everything about herself, and Diana was not that way, and I think that she was treated much much worse oh. <laughs> Christine, it sounds like you have something to say
3: you 've got to be kidding me. listen, I love me some Diana, I really do, but she made a lot of it about herself she really she really catered to the press. She really went out of her way. Remember the interview she did? Um, And here's the thing. You might be right that Diana obviously was more of a victim, but that's why Meghan and Harry left. That was the whole point. Harry did not want there to be a Diana 2.0 situation here, and that's the reason they left. If she stayed, who knows what would have happened?
0: Mm. I guess I just find fundamentally the problem with Meghan Markle yeah, With the boring. Oprah interview and, and so much of what they've decided to do, setting aside their very obnoxious political preening and how they seem to get lots of money to do basically nothing at all and kind of the woke social justice stuff that they're espousing, I can just separate that out for a second. The fact that Meghan Markle is trying to play a victimhood card when she married into the British royal family Knowing what that was, and she's sort of pretending, oh, I had no idea. She She should have known. She should have known if she was a conscientious person who had done any due diligence at all. I don't really believe her that she was totally caught off guard by all of this stuff. You know what you're getting into to some extent. And if you're not prepared to deal with some difficulty and scrutiny and all of that, that's on her. That's not on anyone else.
3: Have you ever heard the term love is blind? I mean, she fell in love with Harry. I don't think she fell in love necessarily because he was the prince. Oh, I'm
0: sure. I was just a total coincidence. He just happened to be, you know, the prince over from the U.K., from that family with all the attention and all that. It was just like a total uh, happy love story that had nothing to do with that. I mean, I'm not saying she doesn't love him. I'm saying I think it's naive to believe that she just thought this guy might be some— some pauper he, he's just you know a, an average lad over from the UK and oh what a surprise he's a prince that's not how this went down
3: no I, I don't think that but I I don't think she knew how controlled she was going to be uh by the firm yeah, I think that's said. on her that's on her how would she know how how would she possibly have known Google unless you're going to that. And that's how you're going to decide, like, what if you fall in love with somebody and their their background, their life is different from yours. And so you're just going to walk away from that because you're not no, going you like to figure it
0: out and you decide, OK, if I'm going to be part of this, if I'm going to go all in knowing what this entails and what my responsibilities are going to be and so on and so forth, then you have to do research and homework and due diligence. And either she didn't do that. Shame on her. Or she did. And she's being dishonest about it. Uh, and I don't think either one is a great look. I, I Look, I'm not going to sit here and be <laughs> hardcore anti-Megan. I, I don't know enough. I don't care enough. But don't. I'm, I'm just not totally terribly impressed with her in a number of different ways. And I have to admit that I am reaching the end point of my caring and things that I can <laughs> even possibly say uh, on this segment about any of this. Do you have a final word, Wyatt?
1: I do, actually. I do. Um, I think you know, just take a step back and look at Meghan Markle's role and, and all this and everything and think of what an opportunity it is to be married into that family and have the responsibility. I mean, they don't do much, the royal family. They don't have much power. <gasps> not- but what they do is they do a lot of charity work. They do a lot of ribbon cuttings. They do a lot of trips around the world. I mean, she didn't, I guess, appreciate that. Value. I mean I if I could have that job I think that's amazing just to go around and sit set around the world and go and and help they do help people they do a lot of charity work but she somehow just didn't see that as something that was worthy of her life or her time and no. I don't know Yeah he that's wants to be true. he wants to be
0: Wyatt Windsor or Windsor Wyatt it's another nickname for him Christine all right you, you get the last word very quickly cuz we're almost she out was of time trapped. And I'm up.
3: She, she was no, she, trapped and no. she needed to get out the end
0: Uh, I just trapped in all the palaces that she voluntarily married into. What a difficult situation. What a victim. We got to go back here tomorrow, back in D.C. for one show, at least from the home base on the Friday edition of the Guy Benson show upcoming. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you then. Home stretch. Friday edition as the weekend beckons. GuyBensonShow.com, that's our online home here, podcast-free every day. And tonight, I am back on the road, if you can believe it. Just got in, I think I got into my bed at like 1.45 a.m. last night, or early this morning. And then I was up to join Varney on Fox Business Network. I was on sometime in the 9 o'clock hour. It was just not a huge amount of sleep, but it's okay. It's just... uh, A big home stretch, if you will, toward an election. So I had an event in L.A., and then I'm going to Chicago tonight. I'll squeeze in a football game tomorrow. Hopefully the Cats can bounce back from their annual loss to Duke. Woof. I think they should win tomorrow. If not, I'll be in quite a foul mood. And then on to Wisconsin, where I have an event and a speech early next week. I'll be doing the show from the Badger State for a couple of days. And, of course, Wisconsin is home to a very competitive Governor race. We've had the Republican nominee here, Tim Michaels, on the show, and a crucially important and very close Senate race with Senator Ron Johnson seeking re election, and he was just on the show a few days ago. So I'll be talking to some folks on the ground in Wisconsin and will report back. In the meantime, we were on our call today getting ready for the show, and we were debating what to do. In the home stretch segment. And often we have different ideas, and then not infrequently, Dan or Wyatt will just mention something that Christine had said to them without me present, and then that becomes the topic. Because I feel like Christine was trying to keep it from me, and it's quite interesting or intriguing, and then it's like the cat's out of the bag, and so we're going to go on air with it. So in this case, What's the backstory here? Wyatt, were you in New Jersey and you went to a Waffle House? What what happened here? You went to Waffle House at some point. Was it yesterday?
1: Yeah, guys. So I went to Waffle House last night in Maryland, of all places, and I was talking to Christine about it, and she just has never heard or has been to a Waffle House.
0: All right. We need to unpack quite a few things here, but first – did you stop at a Waffle House because you were passing it on the way to somewhere and you were hungry? Or did you seek out a Waffle House? And if so, how far did you travel to go to said Waffle House?
1: Well, I was with a friend, and we were already outside of the Beltway of D.C., and it was only—we were hungry, and so there there was a few different options. Like We were kind of in the mood for that kind of, you know, home-cooked, Cracker Barrel-type meal. And we looked at Cracker Barrel— And we saw that there was a Waffle House. And there was also one of those, uh, I know we talked about this not too long ago, Zaxby's. Yes, that was a a consideration. But we both agreed, I think Waffle House would be really good right now. So it was only a 25 minute more out of the direction of where we were going. But we did it and it was well worth it.
0: All right, so like almost an hour round trip to go divert to Waffle House and you say it's worth it? 100%.
1: Hundred percent. I mean, you don't okay. get that here in D.C., so it was a it was a good little treat.
0: Okay, so I'm going to sort of straddle both sides of this fence here. Where number one, of course, I've heard of Waffle House; like they're everywhere. This is a huge thing. They're famous for always staying open no matter what, like natural disasters, everything. The Waffle House remains open 24 seven. It's just what they do. And I have driven past. Countless Waffle Houses through the years. Mary Catherine Ham, my best friend, is something of an aficionado, perhaps you could say, of Waffle House. That being said, I personally have not been to one. I've been to Cracker Barrels, of course. I've been to any number of these chains. Waffle House just isn't something that I have sought out or gone to, probably because of the name Waffle House. I don't like waffles. I've been through this. I'll just say it again. And just trigger warning for people who might be new listeners and don't know this is my hot take on food, I despise waffles, pancakes, French toast, all of it. I call it wet, hot sugar bread, and I do not like it at all. So the fact that it's known for waffles, it is called Waffle House, it's like IHOP, right? Like International House of Pancakes. I don't like pancakes. I'm not going to go there. Now, I have been to an IHOP or two. But Waffles, I'm out. So nothing against the chain. It is an institution that people love. I don't really know what the reputation is for how good their food is versus it's constantly open and convenient and affordable. I don't know. So Wyatt has now been to one and loved it. I've heard of them, obviously, but have not been to one. And Christine, you had never heard of the Waffle House until – Wyatt told you about one today?
3: I don't think it's obvious that people know what a Waffle House is. Really? I am I, I, a I travel. I've been all over this country, and I've never, ever seen a Waffle House before. Ever.
0: I don't think that's right. It is,
3: no, uh, maybe it's not right, but it's true.
0: They have more than 2,000 locations around the country. Never, in 25 states.
3: Never seen one. Never passed one. Never seen one. Never been to one. Um,
0: I think you've absolutely at least seen one, but you just don't remember or you weren't paying attention. I think almost by accident you'd have to have seen one somewhere at some point.
3: I haven't. <laughs> I don't know how else to tell you. I've and not seen a Waffle House. never heard of it. I, you know what? Once he said it, no, it did not ring a bell to me. I was like, what's a Waffle House? Like, why would you, what is that? But once I Googled it, Mm. And I saw the yellow like. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Then I was like, oh, okay, maybe I've heard about it from a story, you know, like something in the news possibly. But um, no, no, never seen one, never been to one there. I know they're not in New Jersey, New York. I looked.
0: Well, I think it's probably because in Jersey in particular, you've got a very robust diner scene. Right. And so you're going to probably pick your local diner over a Waffle House, although I don't know, some people in New Jersey go to Domino's to get Hawaiian pizza with pineapples on it as opposed to excellent world-class pizza at the local joint like you, so maybe you would give up on diners and just go to Waffle House.
3: I I doubt that, and it's not that I give up on local pizza places, Mm -hmm. it's just that Domino's does a fantastic pizza with pineapple and bacon, so when I want something like that, that's where I go. If I want breakfast, and you are so wrong about waffles and pancakes and French toast, it is the best. I oh, I think I want breakfast for dinner tonight. Um, but, I mean, you can't beat a Jersey diner. Especially, I mean, come on, the disco fries alone.
0: Is that your go-to order at a diner, disco fries? It
3: used to be after like a night of um, clubbing. That and what we established that
0: disco fries is poutine, right?
3: I mean, it's disco fries.
0: Poutine. But commonly known. Nobody
3: says that. And that's another thing. Before you, never heard of that before.
0: Mm. I think we could maybe, we might have to do a poll. We <laughs> might have to do a poll on, in fact, Wyatt, let's get a photo of some poutine.
3: Can you stop gonna saying it, that?
0: We're going to put it on, it's what it's called. And we're going to do a poll Disco on Twitter. What is this? And we'll give the two options and we'll see what America has to say. I think that's – let's let's line that up. I will retweet it. So it's at Guy Benson Show on Twitter, at Guy P. Benson, and we'll just see what the people decide. If we could do a subsequent maybe follow-up poll. Have you ever heard of a Waffle House? And see how that one goes for producer Christine. Well,
3: I think that now you're kind of making fun of me. And this is why I didn't want to do this topic. And I think I expressed this. What did I say I in the meeting? I if I'm
0: making fun of you. You said don't make you look stupid. And I said I would never do such a thing. I simply ask questions here. Right? I report. You respond. They decide.
3: I don't think it's that far-fetched that someone in New Jersey doesn't know what a Waffle House is.
0: Okay. Well,
3: I know I know what a Cracker Barrel is, but I didn't know up in, before like maybe five years ago. But I know what a Cracker bar- Barrel is, and it, it's cute. It's cute. But, have you been to one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's not like I wouldn't seek out a Cracker Barrel over a local Jersey diner. It just wouldn't okay. happen.
0: Yeah. Uh, as I've said before, I think the Cracker Barrel for me is a place that you stop on long road trips, and they all look exactly the same, inside and out. There's exactly the same layout. We got to run. I am off to the heartland, heading out tonight up to Wisconsin early next week. We will do the show from there. Talk to you then. Have a fabulous weekend. Stay sane. Stay safe. It's the Guy Benson Show.
3: That was this week's edition of
2: Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts.